Welcome to the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan source for all things Idaho athletics. Now, here is your host, Chris Keene. Welcome into the Vandal Insider Podcast. Folks on the Palouse still smiling ear to ear after a huge victory in front of a sold-out crowd at the P1 FCU Kibbe Dome on Saturday. The victory 24-21 over Montana State. The latest stats perform top 25 poll has the Vandal football team ranked number three. What a win. The Vandals tied for first. Three more games left to go in the regular season. We've got a lot to get to on this show. Our guests, well, how about talking to the uh, opposing head coach who the Vandals will face this week? Not only the opposing head coach, but someone who's a former Vandal defensive coordinator. We have Ed Lamb, who was the defensive coordinator for the Vandals from 2002 to 2003 in his first year as a head coach of Northern Colorado. He'll be joining us. Then we'll talk with Dr. Kyle Hazelwood. Not only does a fantastic job uh, serving the community as a whole, he is the Vandal team physician, but uh, a huge thank you to him. And we'll say this right here. Uh, Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. As the Vandal's team physician, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kyle Hazelwood cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you so we'll have those two interviews plus if you weren't with us on the pregame show before the game saturday we had the commissioner of the big sky tom wister still stop by myself and trent cowan talked to him on the broadcast uh for folks who are maybe uh getting into the dome at that point and not tuning in or in the dome and and couldn't catch that interview uh, we'll have a replay of that just always fun to catch up with the commissioner uh, uh lots of good information and uh talking about a, a big sky football season where, where teams are beating each other up but here the Vandals are, ranked number three in the FCS. We welcome in the VSF's Chris Hammond to chat about uh, what has happened, what's to come. And uh, Chris, I just think about that. What's to come? Uh, the Vandals ranked number three, three games left to go in the regular season, two on the road, one at home. You got to you gotta play these last three games. You don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know after Saturday's win Idaho is set up very nicely if they can take care of business the rest of the way to put themselves in excellent position for the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, you're about one win away from guaranteeing yourself a playoff spot. I don't want to say guaranteeing because there might be a log jam of seven win teams this year, but you, you feel pretty safe with one more win um, making the playoffs, especially when if it was to happen this week against Northern Colorado. You have what was a preseason top 10 team in Weber State on the road, and then obviously a rivalry game at the end. You might get a little slack from the playoff committee if we were to drop one or both of those games. But, you know, this is why this game upcoming is going to be so important. It could be, you know, instead of sweating it out on Selection Sunday, we could be like, okay, we're probably all right. But uh, looking ahead, I mean, uh, everything's in front of us. This is exactly where we want to be. It's officially a log jam at the top of the Big Sky Conference one lost teams too. So we went out. We're basically guaranteeing ourselves a share of the Big Sky title. Uh, and after that, we'll just see if what happens with everybody around us the rest of the year. So everything's in front of us. We're in a good spot. It's exciting time to be a Vandal. And no doubt about it. Well, I'll maybe just you know mention this for 60 seconds or so, and then we'll move on. But 
Uh, if you went out, you're right now ranked number three. When the committee had their uh, release of what they saw as the top ten, the, the Vandals were seven. That's before they just beat the number two team. Uh, you're going to have a chance to have more than uh, uh, more than just the four home games in the regular season that the Vandals had. There's, a, a, you know, if you went out, uh, you have the the opportunity to have more football in Moscow, and that. Uh, uh, the more it might not just be more game it could be more games and to what degree uh so you you kind of focus the, the eyes on the prize of just uh winning week by week but uh a, a conference title at least a share of a title is a possibility if you went out uh, you know that's the case if you went out you have a share of the conference title what that means and then positioning yourself for the playoffs is a seed you get a buy uh, how high of a seed you get how long you have home field advantage all that stuff, oh, you know, we can kind of talk about a little bit. The team's not talking about it. But on that note, uh, let's just put a bow on this game, Chris. A rocking environment. A sold-out P1FCU Kibbe Dome. An absolute incredible game. And that environment, just uh, you could feel the energy up in the booth from where you were at in the Dome. Uh, what was it like experiencing what ended up being a seesaw game, an instant classic in this series between Idaho and Montana State with the Vandals coming out on top? Absolutely. I feel like we've always kind of been competitive with them, even in the years where we weren't so competitive in the big sky. You think back to 2018, where we kind of made a run at them. Uh, we did all right when we had the Zach Borish game in 2020 or 2021, I believe. So we, we've hung tight with the Bobcats, who have been on ascension basically since about 2016. Uh, and this was that game you kind of needed, because we, we touched on after that Montana game, a, a lot of people were kind of down and this was that high energy. The dome was just as packed. I would be curious to hear from you. I felt it was more ruckus than it was against Montana, at least in important points of the game. It felt like Montana might have had more energy consistently throughout. This game on those big third downs, that kick at the end, fourth downs. I mean, our fans were – it was loud. It, I think it was significantly louder than it was against Montana, which was, is kind of incredible because props and hats off to the Montana State faithful. I think Montana State brought a couple more fans than Montana did. It felt like the Bobcats had a larger presence in the Dome, so there's probably less vandals in the Dome. And we, I think we made it very loud, very challenging. I mean, you look at – I was listening to Coach Brent Vegan's postgame and stuff uh, throughout the week, and you know we like to talk about time of possession and everything like that when we're covering these games. But uh, or at least when Jason Eck talks about it, he likes time of possession. But Vegan put it in a different perspective that I had heard before, where he's talking about the amount of plays ran. The average in the FCS this year is about sixty six point nine plays per game. We held Montana State to just forty nine plays. The average amount of possessions is twelve. Montana State only had eight possessions. So you talk about time of possession, but it's more how many times you give them the ball total and how many plays you let them run. And our defense just did a fantastic job of just really keeping their offense off the field, which I think is what makes that performance, I said, from our fans even more impressive, was you know they had time to get flat while we were staying quiet very well, I thought, while our offense was out on the field and they were moving the ball and killing it. We had 74 plays in this game. Um, and then for our defense to only be really only 49 opportunities for our, our fans to get loud and ruckus. And I feel like they did it all 49 times. 
Montana State had only run nine plays on offense with 228 to go in the first half. It was phenomenal. And you talk about time of possession, it's easy to, to you know, say you want to control time of possession. It's a whole other thing to actually go out and do it against a team as good as Montana State. And that's a really good team. So tip of the cap to Montana State. And that's what makes that such an impressive win for the Vandals. That's a really good Montana State team. The Vandals keeping them off the field. You talk about how loud it was. Uh, the dome was absolutely rocking. I'm thinking of when... Giovanni McCoy connected with Hayden Hatton, and there have been multiple angles of that play for what ended up being the game-winning touchdown that have floated across social media of the the video of it. Absolutely phenomenal. Those two guys uh, have such long resumes and credentials, and and that will be added to their highlight reel, and that might be one of the first highlights. Hopefully there's still more to come, but that, I said it on the broadcast, the window for Giovanni to hit Hayden on that was about the size of a dinner plate, and Giovanni put it exactly where he needed to. So to hear the the roar of the crowd after that happened, to hear the crowd on that final drive from Montana State, which ended with their field goal attempt that was no good, uh, it was incredible, and I can't wait to see uh, all those folks continue to be out of the Dome November 18th. It is Senior Day, Idaho State, 4 o'clock kickoff Pacific time. Looking forward to seeing all those folks. Uh, one of the thought, uh, it's just fun, the energy around the Dome, seeing everyone around the Dome. Uh, Trent and I were lucky enough, you know, kind of before the game, uh, Dennis Erickson stopped by. We got to have a chance to to talk with him when we were on a little bit of a break on the, the pregame show uh, and to visit with him and just to see uh, and that's someone who has ties both ways, obviously, has a great playing career at Montana State. And uh, no one needs to to hear any more about uh, what he's done at Idaho as a coach. Just uh, incredible in his incredible career. Everyone knows that. You don't need me to tell you about Dennis Erickson. But uh, yeah, seeing Chris, him there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I was, it's not only just like the energy in the dome. That was probably the – for people that don't know, I'm actually located down in Boise. But the energy on the drive back – that typically for us Southern Idaho Vandals is one of the most miserable trips of just win or loss. It's five hours. Yes, it's beautiful country, but it's treacherous roads, especially with the weather we had last weekend. A lot of fear of ice and everything come back down. Oh, I mean, it was, I'm not kidding you, a traffic jam. I know it's hunting season, so some of the RVs could have been hunters, et cetera. But, I mean, you would see vandal plate after vandal plate, vandal magnet. There was basically a traffic jam from just north the Riggins all the way down to where it splits into Highway 55 and 95, and then you picked which people you want to hang out with on that drive. I mean, it was, you were talking about being a sellout, the benefit of how fun it was. Nobody was in a rush. Everybody was just enjoying this caravan back down south. And um, I mean, that on its own is kind of special to see because I'm used to some of those drives where you wouldn't even be aware if you were passing a vandal because there just weren't many making the trips. And now, like, there's a log jam of vandals going back to southern. Southern Idaho after these games. And I got out of there pretty early, about seven, eight o'clock Moscow time, and to see that that many people had also like, I can't imagine what was later in the day once most of the tailgaters had gotten their RVs taken back down and hit the road. But it's just, it's an incredible feeling right now. And I want to feel it again in Idaho State. I, I hope we can get vandals up there. I hope the roads and weather hold up, that people feel safe traveling up there. And if not, you know, they utilize those flights um, or, or take some time off to take it nice and slow because, man, we need, to, we need to get voiced up for the playoffs, hopefully, too. So that's a good warm-up. Idaho State looking frisky. It's it's an incredible time to be a Vandal. 
No doubt about it. And for all the great fans coming from up north as well. Uh, so great to have them uh, in the dome, whichever direction, south, north, east, west, you name it. Uh, it's just great to have everyone, everyone at the dome. And uh, with that, kind of turning the pages and getting to our conversations, you and I will hop back on at the end of things. And uh, we'll talk about what's coming up this week, the matchup with Northern Colorado. We'll also talk about what else is going on around the big sky. I'm thinking Montana, Sac State. So we'll chat about that coming up but first our conversations uh we will sit down coming up here next with ed lamb the head coach of northern colorado and visit about his time at idaho as the defensive coordinator and now taking over the program in northern colorado then we'll chat with vandal team physician dr kyle hazelwood we'll have a replay of our sit down with Tom Wister still the commissioner of the Big Sky from the pregame show on Saturday. And then you and I will come back at the end and we'll preview uh, what's coming up for the Vandals in a big week around not only the Big Sky, but the FCS as well. So coming up, our interview with Ed Lamb. But first, let's listen back to some of the highlights from Saturday's victory over the Bobcats and Ed Lamb right after. Here's the snap. It gets it off. Chavez has enough leg. It's on its way and it is going to be... Good! Ricardo Chavez! It's a 53-yard field goal! That's his Idaho career long! A roller coaster of a drive that starts at the 5, goes all the way down to the 13. A loss brings it back all the way to the 36, and the Vandals get points out of it. Wow! Romano remains in the game. It is not Anthony Woods. Cox the tight end. Motions from left to right. Jackson and Hatton to the left to McCoy. Here's the snap. Looking to throw. Hit as he throws. The ball bobbled and then cut. Touchdown Vandals. Therese Trainer pulls it in. A six-yard grab. And the Vandals do hit Paydirt. The lead grows. It is Idaho nine and the Bobcats nothing. Here's the snap. The hold is down. The kick is blocked. It's blocked. It's a loose ball. The Vandals recover. Tackled immediately, but the Vandals grab the block kick. It's Hayden John, the freshman from Anacortes, Washington, who picks up the ball. And Idaho, 32 seconds left to go. They've got the ball. Second and goal from the three. Pistol again. The snap. The handoff to Woods. Cuts to the inside. Gets into the end zone. Making a dozen. Anthony Woods, his 12th rushing touchdown of the season. And it gives the Vandals back the lead here in the fourth quarter. That three-yard run puts the Vandals on top. 16-14, to 11-24 left to play here in front of this sold-out crowd in this top-10 battle. Third and 10 for the Vandals. Romano in a running back. Snap back to McCoy, looking to throw. Goes to Hatton in the end zone. Makes the contestant catch. Touchdown, Hayden Hatton. His 29th of his career. He adds on to his record tally. And the Vandals take back the lead with 2.47 left to go. This sold-out crowd going nuts here in Moscow. Bobcats, second and 10 at the Vandal 18. 31 seconds, both teams, all three timeouts. Empty set again for Malat. The snap, pressure coming. Malat feeling it. He's dropped. He's dropped for a loss. It's Malachi Williams in his first game back. Since getting injured against Cal, it's a sack for Williams. He drops Malat for eight yards. And the Bobcats are forced to use a timeout. Stops the clock. 27 seconds left to go. Malachi Williams delivers. Well, now it's time to visit with the head coach of the opponent for the Vandals this week. Ed Lamb, not only in his first year leading the program for Northern Colorado, spent time on the staff at BYU. He led Southern Utah for eight seasons, where he guided the Thunderbirds to a pair of conference championships, including a Big Sky title. One was a Great West Conference title. And to top it off, early on in his coaching career, 
He was the defensive coordinator for the Vandals. He served in that role in 2002 and 2003. Coach, let's start right here. You're no stranger to the Vandal football program. How do you look back on your time as the defensive coordinator for Idaho? Yeah, certainly overall fondly. I really uh, have some great memories of the, the culture there. I thought it was a football town. I thought it was a a university and a, and a community that really cared about Vandal football. We were you know, in the Sun Belt at that time, and so there were um, some struggles there to, to, in terms of familiarity with opponents, I think, for our fans, things like that. But, you know, just also some fantastic moments. Um, I remember the, the, the dome being tacked for a victory over San Diego State. It was uh, you know, a lot of fun for our, our players. And a lot of fun for the fans. And, um, you know, uh, overall, I'd come in there about halfway through Tom Cable's uh, tenure and you know, felt like he was a very good coach. He obviously cared about the University of Idaho and, and uh, was an alum. And I think a lot of things were, were in, in place, but uh, you know, at the same time, we far successful. And so in some ways, too, it's, it's one of the biggest regrets that I have. I, I really enjoyed the players at that time. I thought we had some guys that were really committed and being able to do more to help them be successful during that time was it's something that's always just stuck with me and I wish I could have done a better job. Well, you have gone on to have a, a ton of success in your career and now in your first year at Northern Colorado. And I'm just curious how everything came together at Idaho. You were, you were pretty young. This was pretty early on in your coaching journey. When you joined the Vandals, how did it come together for, for Tom Cable to bring you onto the staff? Well, it, it was, I had, uh, I had just had some experience at the division three level as a coordinator and, and, um, was at a, a good place, a place that won the University of Redlands was winning before I got there and they won after I left. I still was in a really good spot and, and got some good experience there. And then I joined the staff at BYU uh, in 2001, obviously as a graduate assistant. And uh, Barry Lamb, uh, no relation, but uh, he was on our staff at BYU. Uh, he, uh, he and Tom had worked together at some point earlier in their career. And Barry was the one that had set me up for an interview with Tom and when when Caves needed a new defensive coordinator. And so yeah, that that worked out and it was a was a great opportunity. And like I said, a lot of a lot of great a lot of great moments and and overall we had played some competitive defense and weren't able to win, you know, weren't able to, to put a winning effort together as a whole team. But uh, some nice breakthroughs and some excellent players during that time. You mentioned those players. Any of the players or, or coaches from the time that uh, you were at the University of Idaho that you've kept in touch with uh, for all these years? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, able uh, a little bit. Rich Scangarello, uh, quite a bit. We, we talked uh, pretty often. Uh, Rich Fisher was a coach. He's out of business now, but uh, was a coach during that time. And uh, you know, Patrick Leiby is one of the players that's stayed in touch with me. He was a uh, he was a tough-minded, great leader for us. Uh, Jordan Lampos was another guy. Great other guys, uh, you know, Rod Bryant came in and, and I think matured a lot and left an opportunity. There were there were a lot of good players, and I, and I thought there were a lot of good players on defense, and I, and I thought that they deserved more success than we than we had, deserved more wins than we had. Like I said, it's a, it's a, in that way, it, it's a tough memory. And you touched on the team was in the Sun Belt at that point. What was it like? I, I know there's, you know, the team had, you know, different stints in the Sun Belt, but, but how was it at that point? I know not necessarily the easiest uh, road to navigate. 
Yeah, there were, there were. I mean, travel was an issue. We ran into a lot of that at BYU too, and, and uh, we were independent BYU um, traveling sometimes to separate posts in successive weeks, and uh, the wear and tear that that can put on a, a player's body. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think many college football programs, you know, understand that. I certainly understand it in the NFL, and there's a lot of statistics to. Uh, support that, and I think the coaches have a probably better, more practice processes on how to overcome some of those challenges. But yeah, we were we were doing that. It was also a recruiting challenge. You know, the state of Idaho doesn't provide you know, uh, twenty-five or thirty guys every year that uh, are going to be competitive at that level. And so, as a recruiting uh, strategy, you got to find a home base, and, and you know, to do that in California while you're in the Sun Belt or, or Texas or something like that is a, is a stretch. And so. I remember we had conversations. Should we be more in Louisiana? Should we be more in Arkansas? We just, you know, go to California. And it was just a just a, a lot of explaining sometimes to recruits and their parents about who we played and what level of football we were in and a lot of miscon, uh, misconception out there about Idaho at that time. Well, and for you, gone on again to have a ton of success in your career. You did a phenomenal job at Southern Utah, a lot of success in your time at the staff at BYU, and now in your first year at Northern Colorado. Have you kept kind of an eye on Idaho in the years since? And obviously, I know you've got a, uh, both eyes on the Vandals uh, uh, coming up this week for the matchup, but have you kind of kept an eye on, on how the program has been since your time in Moscow? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, every place that I've been, I'm a, I'm a fan of. And, and obviously this Saturday, it's one of the few Saturdays where I'll be doing everything I can to, to uh, help our help the Vandals lose. You know, we're, we're, we want to compete at UNC, and that's my first priority. But I'm, I'm a, I consider myself a Vandal for life. I always check the scores, always interested in, in their success and the program's success, really impressed with what uh, Coach Eck has uh, done there and how they've done it so quickly. And it was a lot of um, passion, emotion, belief, and it goes up on video. Really, really good football team. And for you, this opportunity at Northern Colorado, how did everything come together? Again, you, you'd had such a, a ton of success at Southern Utah, a place where, you know, when you're you're going up against Montana and Montana State and Eastern Washington, some schools that have had a lot of traditional success, I think what you were able to accomplish at Southern Utah uh, makes that all the more impressive. Uh, what uh, what made it happen here at Northern Colorado and in year one with the Bears here? It was, a, it was a very attractive opportunity for me, and and we are going through some dark times here. Losing is difficult, and, and no matter how much we keep an eye on on the future and the progress, and I think there is progress being made and, and a bright future. It's still it's still very difficult. You know, we we go out every single Saturday uh, expecting to fight and expecting to win, and it's really difficult to uh, come up short week after week. And our overall record right now is abysmal and, and embarrassing. So. You know, uh, from that standpoint, it, it's it's been very discouraging. But um, you know, I knew the job that I signed up for, and I feel like I have been able to um, develop a particular process for this type of of job. You know, I'm not hung up on uh, the facilities and the resources that we don't have. Um, I, I I believe that there's a place to be there's a there's a way and a process to be successful here in Northern Colorado. I, I wish that I been able to bring that about uh you know this season and uh we can finish with some strong momentum uh, down the stretch here we're certainly not giving up in any way but uh i'm, I'm very happy and proud to be the football coach here at northern colorado and believe in the future 
And what have been the brightest spots for you and for the team so far this season? Obviously, year one kind of kind of laying the foundation. I think to um, anybody that's been involved in sports long enough has, has been through difficult seasons, and to see the way that our team continues to show up every day, practice hard, and then show up on game days and compete hard. And you know, the score this last week at Montana was was not competitive in the end. But that was, uh, you know, for anybody who watched the game, that was a, that was a very slow, uh, forty nothing week. I think we started out the game with with five uh, straight stops on defense, and um, you know we ended up throwing a couple of pick sixes and had some really short uh, fields. Left our defense on the field, but you know the team kept competing and kept believing, and then and then slowly there through about the middle of the third quarter, the score started to indicate that all right, well we're probably not going to make a run at winning this thing, but. Um, to have the guys go up and run out of the tunnel and approach the game each week with an expectation to win, uh, in spite of all the, the experts and the odds and, and all that kind of stuff, I think it's just been really rewarding for me, really learning what some of our most mentally tough guys are, the leaders on the team. Well, Coach, it's been great catching up with you today. We really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. And uh, obviously, I think it sounds like it goes both ways. Uh, you root for Idaho when it's not against your squad. And uh, I know it's vice versa for Vandal fans and uh, rooting for your success uh, uh, after your time here in Moscow. So, again, thanks so much for the visit and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, this weekend in Greeley. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Well, that was a lot of fun catching up with Ed Lamb, who not only has his ties uh, from his time at the University of Idaho, but who will be on the opposite sideline of the Vandals this weekend and his first year as the head coach of Northern Colorado. So I always appreciate the time, especially when an opposing head coach, a game week, uh, is able to take time out of their busy schedule and chat. And in this case, uh, take a trip down memory lane. Well, now it's time for our conversation with Vandal team physician, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood. We'll get into what it's like serving as the team physician for the Vandals. We'll chat about his path that brought him to the Palouse. And we'll talk about what he looks for on the sideline as he's not only at home games, he's at every road game for the Vandals. And just get his point of view on what a game is like uh, from his very unique spot. And, and we are so fortunate to have him uh, with his work with the University of Idaho and the great level of care that he provides to the community. So here is our conversation with Dr. Kyle Hazelwood. Well, excited to be joined now by Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, and it's a pleasure to be chatting with you today. We appreciate uh, all you do for the community, for the Vandals, and for the podcast as well. Uh, let's start right here. Just your background, uh, you not only work with elite college athletics, and during the games, you're here with the Vandals on the sidelines for Vandal football, but uh, you also serve our region with Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. You're an Air Force veteran, a husband, and a dad moving to the Palouse in 2017. How, how did your path bring you here to the Palouse? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, it's it's fun to be on here. I've enjoyed listening to you. Uh, a couple of episodes that I've been able to check out. It's been uh, really neat to hear what you're doing. Really enjoyed listening to the Mark Schlereth and, and Kochek uh, podcast. But yeah, my, um, uh, my background is I, I grew up in central Washington. Um, went to school not too far from here at Gonzaga, and then I, I left uh, the area for a while and did med school and my residency out in Chicago. Um, and then after my time in Chicago, my first job as an orthopedic surgeon was with the Air Force, and, and I was stationed at Luke Air Force Base uh, out in Arizona and did that for four years and was a, was a great experience working with um, some active duty members and 
kind of a comparable population to our our student athletes, just very active, high demand. And so that was a great experience. Um, also was really fortunate to have a great partner when I was down there, who actually now is, is the team physician for the New Orleans Saints. And so it's pretty fun to be able to, we keep in touch all the time and, and we're able to kind of talk through um, similar injuries that we see for our athletes. And so that was a great experience. And then following that, I did my sports medicine fellowship uh, down in San Diego, where I got to work with um, several teams, a bunch of small colleges, San Diego State University, San Diego Chargers, before they moved up to LA, and then also the San Diego Goals, a professional hockey team. Well, that's fantastic to hear that uh, we just have this level of expertise in the community and working with the Vandals. So uh, becoming the team physician for the University of Idaho, how did that all come together? Um, well, when I first got here, I actually worked with Washington State University with uh, Ed Tingsad over there, my partner, and uh, spent a few years over there. And um, Dr. Steve Pennington was a longtime va- Vandal doctor, and, and he left for a while uh, on a... Um, mission down to Argentina. And so when, when he left the team, uh, they kind of asked me to come in and help out. And so we see you on the sidelines for Vandal football games, but it's not just football. You work with all the teams here at the University of Idaho, correct? Yep. yep. We cover all the sports here. So, you know, any orthopedic needs by, by any of the teams, any of the student athletes we help out with. And you do travel with football, which uh, has kind of got to add to the uniqueness of the role. What's it like not only being for the here for the home games, but going on the road as well? You know, Chris, actually, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I love doing it. And, and sometimes it's it's time away from the family on the weekends. But I just really love, you know, being around the game, you know, helping out when I can. And, and yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, it's it's fun to travel to all these new places and, and, and kind of be a part of, uh, of of the team. Best road trip so far? Best road trip. Um, well, boy, there's been, a, there's been some good ones this year. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Cal Poly. Just because uh, I brought my family on that trip and we went down a few days early and got to check out the area, brought the kids to the beach. And so had a lot of fun with my wife and kids there. Well, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, time at the beach, time with the family yeah. and a vandal win to go yeah, with it. Absolutely. So, it was a great trip. Uh, that is uh, that is fantastic. And uh, I'm thinking of these games recently. You're on the sidelines. I know you're locked in, but uh, it's been a fun atmosphere. Do you feel that energy down on the field when the dome's been rocking like it has been? Oh, absolutely. It's hard not to. You know, I, I mean, just, boy, compared to even a couple of years ago when we didn't have these big sellouts, it, it's fun to be down there and hear the crowd noise. And it's it's hard not to just kind of feel that energy down there. And has this been a normal year? How, has the team been keeping you more busy injury wise? How how's it been on that front? You know, I it's it's a it's pretty typical. I mean, football is just such a it's such a high speed collision sport. There's just things that are unavoidable, right? I mean, there's going to be injuries every single year. Um, but you know, to be honest, we have we have such a great uh, strength staff, our strength coaches, and our athletic trainers do such a fantastic job. They've been doing a great job this year, as always. Well, and that leads me to my next question. As you say, this is a team effort. There is this great athletic training staff. There's this great strength and conditioning staff. Uh, how does it all work together with you when it comes to injury prevention and then treatment and rehab? Yeah, well, I would say as the team orthopedic surgeon, my my main job is pretty probably more, you know, geared towards treatment and rehab of, of players after injuries that we either treat, you know, non-surgically or surgically. Um, but, but yeah, we definitely all work together. I think injury prevention is, is um, working with, with 
myself and our other team doctor, Jake Christensen, who's a primary care sports medicine doctor. And so we have that side of things. We have the nutrition side of things. And then, and then, like I said, the, the strength staff and what they do is incredible. I mean, they're, they're working with our student athletes year round and um, coach Heim and the other strength coaches are, you know, work really hard, super smart. Uh, they do a fantastic job. And then same thing with our athletic training staff. I mean, we've been blessed here to have really great uh, football trainers here over the year from Barry Steele to Chris Walsh now to Clayton Malnish. But I, I got to say that our athletic trainers across the board are fantastic here. Um, they work super hard for our student athletes. They, they take care of injuries, rehab injuries, they help prevent injuries. And we're just really blessed to have them. I've seen them, you know, not only just working, you know, on the field stuff, but they're always there for the student athletes off the field. And it's really kind of great to see that. It's fantastic that we had that here at the University of Idaho. And, you know, I know it's not uncommon for a college team to have a team physician, but it's another thing to have a specialized orthopedic surgeon. Uh, how does having that available, having having you as the team physician uh, help our Vandal athletes here? Well, I think, Chris, it's probably just uh, like a lot of things. It's repetition and experience. I mean, our student athletes get ready for the game just, you know, in practice through repetition and um, my training is kind of the same thing. You know, like I said, I did my orthopedic sports medicine fellowship in San Diego and I got work, work with a lot of the teams down there. Um, I mean, ask my wife, Carolyn, I was literally covering a sporting event every weekend, sometimes multiple. Um, I wish I would have got a little bit more time at the beach, but we, I would go from, you know, covering a high school event on Friday to college on Saturday and then a professional game on Sunday. And so you get that uh, really great experience. And and so that's where I think the advantage is it's just, you know, spending all that time in my training, being on the field, um, knowing what types of injuries happen, being able to learn from my mentors in San Diego about making return to play decisions. And, and so I think that's, that's really it. It's, 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 it's just the repetition of seeing these injuries and knowing how to treat them. And then also, you know, in the operating room as well. I mean, doing hundreds of ACL reconstructions, uh, you know, with with all our experience and, and my training just helps us try to do our best job for the student athletes. Well, that's fantastic to hear. And I'm curious, you know, uh, when, when I'm up here in the booth, I, I'm looking at certain things. When fans are on the field, they're looking at certain things. Uh, everyone kind of has their own things they're zeroed in on. In your role, as you're watching a football game, what are what are you locked in on? Yeah, it's totally different, right? Because I'm a I'm just a college football fan, so it's so different when you're watching at home. Um, I would say the main difference is I watch I watch how the players get up. You know, uh, at home, the play ends for me. It kind of turned my attention to something else. Um, but as a team physician, I'm observing how they get up. You know, um, you get to know different players and different personalities and how they react. And you're looking for subtle differences. You know, are they okay? Is, is that normally how they get up? Are they seem to be struggling a little bit? Looking for subtle things, you know, a lot of times after the play uh, so we can make sure we're not missing something and keep them as safe as we can. Dr. Hazelwood, uh, we really appreciate the time today. Looking forward to seeing you uh, in Greeley this weekend and uh, right. exciting knowing that uh, there's still plenty of Vandal football left, but uh, still more fall sports. It will be the start of hoop season and winter sports before we know it. It will be spring Vandal season before we blink our eyes. Uh, just any final thoughts before we wrap things up? Yeah, I mean, just thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll just say, you know, um, I feel really blessed to be able to do what I do. And I love working with the University of Idaho. I mean, 
what a what a fun time to work with Vandal Athletics. I mean, our athletic director Carrie's done done a fantastic job. Um, it's just really fun, and we we have we have great coaches here. We have great student athletes, you know, and like I said, a, a, a great athletic training staff too. And so, uh, this is just a lot of fun. I just feel very uh, blessed to be able to do this. Thank you so much. Again, that is Vandal team physician, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood from Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. We'd like to give a huge thank you again to them as our sponsor of the Vandal Insider Podcast. Reminder, when he's not caring for the Vandals as team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. And now, a chance to take back a listen to a conversation we had on our pregame show Saturday. For folks who might not have caught this one live, I thought this would be interesting to tack on to the podcast as a sold-out crowd at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome. A number of folks there, including Big Sky Commissioner Tom Wistersill. Always nice to catch up with him. Always open uh, when he's around in a Vandal game. Uh, available to have a chat with. And uh, so great to just kind of have that line and uh, uh, have a conversation with the commissioner. Get his perspective on things. Obviously, this has been a fantastic football season for the Big Sky. And uh, for folks who did not catch this interview live, well, here's a replay of the conversation that Trent Cowan and myself had with the commissioner of the Big Sky before Saturday's game against Montana State. Well, always a pleasure to get a catch up with you. And uh, I remember we chatted last at the kickoff event in Spokane before the season. Well, here we are, and it feels like the, the Big Sky Conference or this football season is not disappointed. Uh, what do you think so far, it's especially at, at the top, it's it's going well, and teams are so good, they're kind of beating each other up a little bit. Yeah, a typical year in the Big Sky, right? I mean, you know, as the deepest and, and best conference in the country, you know, you expect that you're going to have the ups and downs and really difficult games during the season. And this year has played out that way. You know, a number of teams, as we saw, they had the, the committee came out with the top 10 and we had four teams in the top 10 so you know that goes to show you kind of where things are at with the big sky right now the middle of our the middle of our conference i think is better than it has been that's been a lot of fun fun to watch and uh, we'll wait and see there's a lot of football left to be played before the playoffs so uh while while some people are feeling pretty good about themselves now you still got to win the games ahead of you and get a chance to go into the playoffs so we'll see Tom, big-time matchup, Little Brownstein a couple weeks ago, really entertaining game. The one thing those fan bases could probably agree on, would they, they would love to play every year. Big Sky scheduling set through 2027, but after that, is there a look at maybe changing the amount of protected rivalries, things like that uh, in the future? Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything for our schedule 27 and beyond is, is totally open. Um, you know, we allowed schools to kind of pick and choose their rivals, and uh, then we've you've matched up certain things. So, you know, everything's on the table. We'll wait and see the way it plays out. Um, certainly the, you know, the rival between the, the Vandals and the Grizz is a good one, and uh, so that, that'd be fun to see that every year. But, you know, no promises on that, but just know that no decision beyond 27 has been made for those, for those rivalries. And that was one of the two games that the Big Sky has had on ESPN2 last week, Montana State-Sacramento State, and then when the Vandals hosted Montana. What's the feedback been? I know from a Vandal perspective, uh, it's been all positive outside of, you know, hoping to win that game, but it seemed like being on that national stage was just a, a big victory. Yeah, I mean, to showcase our, you know, our best teams on a, on a national scale is a big deal for us. And, uh, you know, I guess what I've, what I've told our people is, you know, when you think about, you know, Pick a number, right? 75% of the, of the population of U.S. lives east of the Mississippi, right? So, so what you have is, you know, while we're playing at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the second half, 10 o'clock, it gets late in the game, right? 
every bar in the country on the east part of the United States has Big Sky football on. And how cool is that? Those millions of people are looking there going, wow, where's that game at? You know, whether it's in Sacramento or it's here in, in Moscow. But, you know, so for us to be able to showcase is great for everything. It's great for the schools. It's great for recruiting. Um, it's great for our student athletes to get that national exposure. And, and for us to showcase the high level of football that we have in the Big Sky. Okay, so I'm just thinking, as a conference commissioner, we've had this conversation before. There's so much going on. Transfer portal, NIL, conference realignment. Uh, how's life? Uh, my head's spinning just thinking about it. I can't imagine being in your shoes. Uh, what's it like navigating everything that comes with the college sports landscape right now? Yeah, it's an interesting time in college athletics. And, you know, I mean, I guess I'm disappointed a little bit. And, you know, we've kind of lost our way with the chase for money and letting those decisions at the highest end drive all the decisions, right? So so it's like, you know, however we can get more money, we got to do it regardless of anything else. And whether that's thinking about Olympic sports and the travel that some of these student-athletes are going to have uh, to what the future looks like of all levels of college athletics. So, you know, for us, we worry about what we can control. We manage what we can. And, uh, and we're fortunate. We've got a great group of presidents, great group of ADs that care about the right things that really want to, you know, have broad-based athletic programs. So we focus on those types of things. And some of that stuff above us at the highest level, you know, we're going to have to be reactive to it because we're not going to make decisions on exactly what the future of NIL looks like. Uh, some of the things like the transfer portal, they're here to stay. And uh, the schools and programs that embrace it are the ones that are going to do the best. So a uh, lot happening, never a dull moment, as you said, Chris. And, uh, you know, again, that's why we enjoy coming to game days and just watching the student-athletes do their thing. And it is. It, it's the great thing right now. Everything's just focused on this game. If you're other spots right now, there's a lot of other things going on. Maybe you're worried about what conference you're going to be in. Today, a game like this, you're just excited. This is a huge matchup. Idaho and Montana State. You go back in the history between these two teams. It's just uh, a so rich. 1905 was Montana State's first trip to Moscow. So uh, rich in history there. And uh, we're just looking forward to this matchup. Tom, always a pleasure when uh, we get a chance to catch up. Thanks for being here, and I uh, hope you have a great trip uh, here to the Palouse. Oh, it was great great to be with you guys and uh, keep up the good work that you guys do and look forward to a great game today. So thank you. Well, lots of good stuff there from Tom Wistersill, the commissioner of the Big Sky. And uh, it, it never hurts to have the commissioner there in the house when it's such a fun game and such a big game like the Vandals had on Saturday. So now turning the page, and we visited with Ed Lamb before, the coach of Northern Colorado. They're still searching for their first win. They've had a couple of close losses. It's only been by a possession. Uh, their loss to Sacramento State and also Weber State. So they've been a team that have uh, definitely, uh, even though it hasn't showed up in the win-loss column, uh, they have been putting up a fight week in and week out it will be a noon kickoff pacific time uh, from Greeley on saturday trent cowan and myself our pregame coverage will start an hour prior uh, thoughts chris on uh on what's facing uh what the vandals have faced them this week uh it's never easy never easy on the road uh, obviously you've got this huge victory and you want to keep things rolling after that montana state win 100 percent um you know on paper this game shouldn't be close but Football's not played on paper. You got to think a little bit into the psyche of these teams. And Ed Lamb is is a good coach. We've seen it at Idaho. Uh, the Big Sky has seen what he was able to do at Southern Utah, uh, including winning a Big Sky championship, I believe. So, you know, for Northern Colorado, they don't. I doubt their players and coaching staff are happy at zero and eight and zero and five. Like they're going to come out swinging. They have a chance to knock off one of the top teams in the Big Sky, tied for first one of the top teams in the country, as we mentioned, ranked number three right now in the Stats FCS poll. So for them, this this could be their Super Bowl. They could show up. They could be game planning for this. You know, 
they could match up well against us where they didn't against some of the other teams they faced this year. So uh, we can't sleep on this one. We're going to their place. Um, I'm expecting their fans to come out because, you know, they had Montana, they had Idaho. Like, they had a good home slate. I, I'd imagine they sold some tickets. I, I just can't imagine. Uh, I know Montana just beat them 40-0 to zero last week. I, I doubt they want to get, you know, shut out again. Um, so we we've, we can't sleepwalk through this one. we still got a game plan well. We can't be celebrating Montana State past Saturday night. And uh, I know Coach Eck and these players, and I, I think that will be the case. Uh, but we've got to be ready because Northern Colorado is probably going to throw the kitchen sink at us because they do not want to end the year with no wins, which is a dangerous team always. Yeah, and again, a lot of credit to Ed Lamb. I'm really, uh, I really think that was a slam dunk hire for Northern Colorado. I just think you can't just snap your fingers and – you know, it seems like things didn't go the greatest there under their previous coach, Ed McCaffrey, who had obviously a big name from his time playing in the NFL and the time with the Broncos. But uh, I know it's just uh, I don't know if the, the cupboard was the most full uh, for this new staff when they took over and things just um, take some time. So other matchups in the big sky this week to keep an eye on Montana State hosting Northern Arizona, Idaho State hosting Weber State. Again, the Bengals three and two in conference play. Portland State, UC Davis, both teams four and four uh, to make the playoffs. Probably a, a narrow pass for both, but uh, really the team that wins that still is alive for a playoff berth. The team that loses probably uh, is does not have a path forward. And then by far and away, the game of the week in the big sky. This will be intriguing. Sacramento State heading to Washington Grizzly Stadium. They're coached by former Montana player Andy Thompson. His first time as a coach facing his alma mater, and he'll be doing it on the road in Missoula. Montana hosting Sac State. That's at 5 o'clock Pacific time. And then, uh, Chris, elsewhere across the FCS. So at number 7, Sac State, number 4, Montana. Number 9, South Dakota, hosting number 10, Southern Illinois. Uh, obviously, South Dakota State, number one, when they meet up with North Dakota State, number 11 this year. That's a huge game year in and year out. North Dakota State uh, really trying to get things back on track by their standards. They've had two conference losses. Another game particularly notable, the Vandals ranked number three coming into this week, but the team in front of them in the stats perform poll, Furman, number two. They've got a difficult matchup against number 14, Chattanooga, and then number 24, William & Mary, at number 23, Albany. So even outside of what's going to happen in Greeley on Saturday, there's a lot for Vandal fans to, to really monitor throughout uh, the whole weekend. Yeah, and all those games, ESPN Plus. So if you know how to find the Vandals, you should know how to be able to flick back and forth between a couple of these games. That Furman one's important against Chattanooga, as you mentioned. They're they're ahead of us in the polls right now. Chattanooga sitting at 14, so by no means a, a gimme game for the Furman Paladins. But this is also the, the, the actual championship game for the Southern Conference. Whoever wins this will get the auto bid out of this league because – if Chattanooga is to win it, they have a bye week and then Alabama. And then Furman has uh, – they wouldn't be able to win it because of Chattanooga locking it up. So, in instance, we have our first punched ticket to the playoffs, as it were, um, between this Furman-Chattanooga game. So, that one's big. If if the Chattanooga mocks are able to pull it off, you'd expect Idaho to move up in the rankings. But then again, we have Montana biting at our heels right now in the Stats FCS rankings, and they play number seven Sac State. So, there could be some pull movement this week, regardless of how we do, uh, which is always what makes the end of the year so interesting, especially when these conferences start to wrap up. and We have a better idea of what this playoff picture is going to look at look like. But, yeah, I mean, if you had to keep an eye on, on two or three games, you're right. It's Furman Chattanooga. It's Montana Sac State. 
And then that Dakota marker game, South Dakota State, North Dakota State. North Dakota State might be having a down year this year. But I just feel like you, you can't count the Bison out. Uh, and this kind of feels like one of those spooky ones where, like, if there is a team that was going to get South Dakota State this year in the regular season, North Dakota State probably is the team to do it. So a lot of good football this week. Um, and uh, it's just a good, it's, it's a good time to be a Vandal. Keep coming back to that. No doubt about it. I had some questions this last weekend for folks maybe wanting to sync up our broadcast with the TV. So uh, <laughs> if folks aren't familiar with how to do that, uh, we love you tuning in to our broadcast. Even if you're not uh, by a radio and we have the Vandal Radio Network, we have the graphic. I posted out before every game. We we're very fortunate to have this this strong radio network throughout the state, stations that pick up our Vandal games. But try to make it as easy as possible to listen to uh, Trent Cowan and myself as we bring you every single game. We start an hour prior with the takeoff to kickoff show on the post game show. Full recap. Listen back to the highlights. Uh, also, we're joined by Coach Eck as well. Usually a player hops on. So if you want to get that instant reaction, you can listen as well. So we make it easy. Vandal Radio Network, the Varsity Network app. It is for free. Download it for free. Again, look up Varsity Network app. Look up Idaho Vandals. You can stream it on your phone or your tablet. Uh, a number of ways to listen. Uh, just a link if you want on your computer. Uh, I tweet it out before every game. But also, if you go to the Vandal schedule page, it's right there. If you just look at the schedule under Listen Live. So uh, we like you following along the Vandal games no matter what. But uh, uh, Trent Count and myself uh, love bringing the action on the radio call every week. So if uh, if you want to sync that up with the TV, you're more than welcome to do that. Uh, if you want to just, if you're on the go and need an easy way to listen and you're not within the, the network uh, footprint, uh, there's lots of ways for free uh, to listen to our broadcast. So we're excited to be there in Greeley on Saturday. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, well, how will you be consuming the game coming up on Saturday? I will be at a VSF watch party for our West Ada chapter this week. They do a auction every year that kind of helps raise money for the Vandal Scholarship Fund. So if you are down here in Southern Idaho, we will have our typical watch party locations. We usually have a, a graphic that comes out about those. So keep your eyes out on social media. But uh, if you're looking to maybe win some Vandal swag or I, some different auction items, um, come check out the location in Meridian. I will be at that one. And uh, I'd love to shake hands and talk Vandals with as many Vandals as possible. So if you're not making the trick, trek to Greeley, Colorado, make the trek over to Meridian, Idaho. Nice. And it's supposed to be 62 in Greeley. So overall, not bad. When this one came out on the schedule, I was uh, wondering if uh, what the weather was going to be like in Greeley, but not uh, not bad overall. Well, once again, we'd like to thank uh, our sponsor of the broadcast, Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals, his team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. And Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. A big thank you to everyone joining us this week. We'll start right there with Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, Ed Lamb, and then also we had our replay of the interview with the Big Sky Commissioner, Tom Wistersill, Chris Hammond. I'm Chris King. Another week in the books, the Vandal Insider Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll chat with you soon. V's up. This has been the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan's source for all things Idaho athletics.